Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them. Slam me. Ego. Slam me. Ego. Slam me. Ego. Slam me. Hey. Hit it up hard. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 332 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here. Uh, with Joe Dreams, I believe this is his second time on the show. Had him on in more of a get-to-know-you you know, interview uh, first. And then now we're going to talk more about FanFest that happened over the weekend. Uh, it, it was wild. Um, long lines. I know there were some people that were irritated. There were some people that were happy. There were some people that were irritated but understood because of just how many how much excitement there is, you know, among Padres fans, how many people were going to go, how many tickets were claimed going into the event. So there were some people frustrated, but they understood uh, why there were long lines. And they were like, you know what, we have a really good team. I'd, I'd rather be in this situation than be in a situation where there's no one there and I can just cruise on through uh, because we have like no star players. So uh, Joe, thank you so much for being on the show here. And Start off with your experience outside the ballpark. I know you were singing out there. What was your experience trying to entertain those people outside uh, in the lines? 
Oh, well, first off, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And I just want to say I really admire your consistency. 332 episodes. Man, that's that's really awesome. I appreciate it. And that's also something I strive to do is being consistent. So when I found out the Padres Fan Fest was coming, I was actually in Los Angeles when I when and I drove down because I heard that over 100,000 Padre fans were about to be there. I'm like, wait Mm. a second. The place only holds about 30 something thousand up to. I'm like, how are they going to do this? Yeah. But either way, I'm like, look, there's probably going to be a lot of people in line and they're probably going to be really bored because because I remember when I got there, they there was an announcement. They're like, stadium has reached capacity. Yeah. Entry is delayed. Thank you for your patience. Stadium is at capacity. And so I'm like, this is a great opportunity to really entertain people. And also inspire people too, because you know I saw some music. I even saw some musicians in line, and one musician was like, "Hey man, I really admire your confidence and coming out here and you know and sharing your gift with you know with all these people." And so I just really hope that somebody who sees the performance is like, you know what, I could do something like this too, but in my own way. So mm-hmm. that's that's always that's always the motivation behind popping up at the Padres events first and foremost. And then secondly is because I love the team and, you know, I think baseball is a really interesting sport and the strategy and all that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I got there, I can just share my experience and then you can go into yours. I got there, um, seven ish around seven thirty, probably a little before then. And I knew there was going to be a line, but I'm walking from the trolley and I'm seeing the line and it continues uh, the home plate gate just continues all the way down the block, goes around the corner. I tried to find the end of the line and I instead just got in another line because of how long that one was. And um, so I got in the East Village gate line and that one was really, really long, but there was more space. It wasn't just one single line. So there was more space uh, for people to go. So I went in that line and. It took a good amount of time to get in there. Uh, it was a little past 8 o'clock when they started letting people in. Um, but, yeah, hundreds of people at, like, 7.30 in the morning. And there were hundreds of people in every line at the ballpark, at least from what I could tell. And so, yeah, it was just wild. And then going in, it wasn't that bad at the start. But you knew that I was going to get much more packed as the day went on because – after 9 a.m., that's when the public can come, you know, can go into the ballpark. Um, and the Q&A, you know, I couldn't move. I waited two hours, over two hours for a picture. I thought it was going to be with Tatis, but it was with Soto. Um, so there were some people that weren't as fortunate that waited three hours and they thought it was going to be Manny. And instead it was like Drew Pomerantz or something like that. Or like in the yeah. line that I was in. It was Carlos Hernandez or a prospect that they ended up getting instead of Soto or Tatis, but that's just the way it went. Um, yeah. For you outside, so when did you get there, and how long were you kind of just outside waiting for the line to die down, and then you went in? That's That was exactly what the strategy was, was, okay, so most people are probably going to go in and – then they'll start trickling out probably within like the last couple hours of the event. But it seemed like the, the trickling out and the coming in was constant throughout the whole time. Yep. But I can't really blame the Padres too much because 
how how can you manage a hundred thousand people in one spot in any capacity for any event? Yeah, right. Well, so here's the, here's the thing. Like, so they had a hundred fifty thousand tickets claimed, but I guess the Padres said that there were around forty eight thousand people that went. I I oh. I don't believe that. I feel like there was way more than that, but I can kind of believe it at the same time, if that makes sense. Because if you think about it, yeah, 48,000 people in the stands. It's like, okay, yeah, there's not that many people, you know, walking around the concourse. But if all 48,000 of those people that are in the stands are not in the stands and they're just walking around the concourse, it's going to be packed. You're not going to be able to move. And that's how it was at FanFest. There weren't people sitting in seats except for, you know, waiting for autographs. It was just yeah. people on the concourse standing in lines for pictures or food or for other autographs or the Q&A session in Gallagher Square. Like there were a lot of complaints about people not being able to walk in Gallagher Square or not being able to walk in the concourse. Um, oh, yeah. Gallagher packed. Yeah. Very, very packed. And I, I got there like probably a little under an hour before the Q&A started just so I could get a good spot. But then... I was there for like five minutes and then I looked behind me and no one was moving. Like they just stood there and there were people that were trying to get through and they couldn't because of how many people were there. So I guess a recommendation for the Padres uh, would be to make a lane for people to walk through Gallagher square or don't have the Q and a session be in Gallagher square, have it be like on the field. So people can go, you know, sit in seats and watch it or, you know, just to make it, better for people that are trying to get through um, or split the event into different days, like one for season ticket holders, one for non-season ticket holders. So there's not as many people, but then that, that you have to double the payment to employees that are working the event. You have to make sure that the players are going to be committed for two days. Like some people were surprised at the amount of star players, all the star players that were there for just this one day. Some fan bases don't get that work because this is yeah. it's not like in the contract. I don't think of the players to be at these events. So oh, really, yeah, because they're not it's the off season. So but they all went. And so there were tons of people that wanted to go. So I, I'm, I don't think that they should make this an event where you have to pay like the Dodgers did. Um, I think that's just not right to make a fan fest where you have to pay. But to make it just just make it you know, the organization a little bit better uh, with the lines, you know, outside the stadium, there were people that didn't know what line to be getting into when I was there. Like, what's the season ticket line? Because there was another line that was there that was forming for the general public for the 9 a.m. entrance. And it, this was like 730 in the morning. So people didn't know what line to get into. So some people that were season ticket holders were getting into a regular line, uh, which was the 9 a.m. line. And they ended up, you know, being in the wrong line and then having to go to a line, a season ticket line, which was already long. So just the organization, yeah. I think, could be a little bit better, but they, they probably weren't expecting this many people to show up before they release yeah. the tickets. And they only have so many employees, you know? That's right. And, and all 48,000 people who went all went autographs from four players right. mainly. Right. So, I mean... You can't really expect to. I mean, think think about it. if you're Tatis, right? Think about it. You like one, two. Good. I feel bad for their cheeks, man. They probably smile so dang right. much. 
yeah. They probably can't smile for like a whole nother week. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, because they had they gonna, their wrist. They're going to injure. He's going to re-injure his wrist. Yep. Just signing all them autographs. Just signing autographs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, they had they the had the picture stations for like 40, 45 minutes. They had the autograph station, I think, for 40, 45 minutes for like each player. But that's not yeah. long enough to uh, satisfy a bunch of fans. Like only yeah. some fans are going to be happy with that because that how many people is that going to get through 40, 45 minutes? That's not going to be a lot of fans based yeah. on how many people were there. And we know, like you're right, everyone that was there, it was, it was for, you know, four players. I know Musgrove's popular. I know Corona Wars popular, but Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Tatis, like those were the players that people were interested in. Um, and, but like I said the other day, uh, right after FanFest, when I was reacting to it, you had to cut off the line at some point, you know, like they weren't going to be able to make everyone happy. And they, they had, they tried to make as many people happy as they could. And I, I, there's many things that they could probably learn from, uh, for next year and future years, which I think that they will. And I'm sure a lot of people are contacting the Padres this morning. Uh, or later today or later this week, you know, being pissed off about it. But if you're going to the event, you see that 150,000 tickets are claimed. You do have to have some patience and realize how many people are going to be there. Realize going into it, you're going to be standing in lines all day. You're not just going to be able to walk up to Juan Soto and get a picture. You're not going to be able to walk up to Tatis and get an autograph. That's just not the way it's going to be, right? Um, Yeah, Plus, from the player's point of view, every time they autograph something, it devalues the value of their autograph from their point of view, right? If, like, a hundred, if there's a hundred thousand Tatis autograph jerseys, when he retires someday, whatnot, it's like, oh, well, everyone has a Tatis jersey. So, I also understand from the player's point of view, it's like, they're not trying to do it for too much, for too many people, so it keeps the value of their stuff high. Yeah, well, I don't think that's what the players are thinking. Like, the players... They, I know some, like, there's players that identify the the people I think are really annoying, the autograph adults, the autograph hounds that have these books, and they're, like, 50 years old going up to players and trying to get autographs, and then they go sell them on eBay. Like, they're trying to avoid that. I understand not signing for those people or signing only one card that they have instead of, like, 10 or 15 that are in these books that they carry. Like, I hate that, spoiling it for kids like that. Um, but for like FanFest, they were given, they didn't decide how long they were going to be signing or taking pictures. Like that's up to the Padres and the organization of it, like the, or, the, the planning of it. Like they didn't have control over how long they're doing it. Um, and I don't think the players care about how much value their autograph has. They care about how much money they're making in a, the contract that they've signed with the Padres. Uh, but I do get your yes. point. Uh, I think probably years ago when they weren't making as much money, they might've thought about that or the agent might've thought about that. Cause I know some certain athletes, like they only um, can give their autograph to a certain company. And then that company sells it. I think Adley Rutschman has that with fanatics. And so the Orioles, they could not have Adley Rutschman go signing at an event because his rights were like to that one company. But yeah, I mean, it was, I understand the point. It was just, so it was just a sign. lot of fans, you know? <laughs> yes. And one one of the things that I strive to do, especially like with Live Your Dreams, is 
is turning trash into treasure, right? So all those problems that we talk about at the Padres Fan Fest, I, I've decided to see those as like major opportunities. Like, okay, like the events not organized, people are waiting in line. Okay, let's, you know, let's entertain them. Let's make people smile. Let's make people laugh. Okay, they can't get access to their favorite players. And, and there's some Padre players, I mean, there's some Padre fans who, who see what the Slam Diego in, in the very similar light that they see some of the players in. So I'm okay, I can walk around the stadium and shake hands and take pictures with the fans who couldn't get access to the players. Right. Right. And so I always challenge people to, okay, life happens for you, not to you. Yeah. Like, and you, and there's always a way to flip something around. That's why when people are complaining, Oh, the, the line is too long. I'm like, well, did you talk to the person standing next to you in line? I mean, you could have had a great conversation with somebody, right? You know, there's that opportunity. Okay. You couldn't, you know, move in Gallagher square. Maybe, you know, this could have happened. You know, maybe you could have done this, you know, to enjoy yourself. And because it's, it's not really about the event, right? It's just about, like, the attitude of going into it. I think that that really matters the most. And that's something that, that I, I strive to do. And, and to me, I think the event came out really good because of that. Because I could have – and when I was performing, somebody gave me a front of the past line, too, the front of the line passed, so I got to skip the line. So, you know, that was that was a blessing as well. They so I had got those? to do my thing. They were front of the line. Yeah, so. I didn't those existed. Yeah, somebody handed it to me while I was performing, and I got to go skip to the front. And so I was like, that was a blessing. And hey, hello there. How's it going? So I'm at a I'm at a I'm at a playground right now because my car's getting worked on across the street, and uh, somebody some some kid just walked up to me. Um, Very good. Yeah. What was I talking about? Just the just uh, <laughs> okay. making the oh, experience yeah. as good as you can. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just making the experience as good as we can, and and I believe that that would be a great that would be a great takeaway from the Fan Fest, as yeah, you know, like probably organizations that yeah, they're not perfect. They, you know, it's hard for them to handle forty eight thousand people and everything like that. But ultimately, it's up to us if we have a good experience or not. Mm. Yeah. So let's get to some of the chat here. I see some questions for you, uh, just some other comments that we'll get to. Great way to support the channel is using that Super Chat button. Um, I appreciate that. Anyone that uses it, I'll definitely get to your comment, your question. So let's start with Pedro here, and I'll pull it up on the screen here. Uh, it says, who's Joe Dream's favorite Padre? That's a hard question. Uh, right now, I'll say Joe Musgrove just because his name is Joe. Okay, San Diego <laughs> guy too. I mean, and he he's a Padre for a long time. Hopefully, a Padre for life. So yeah, that's definitely a a great pick. Uh, Bomani says we're going to the World yeah, Series this year. Ah, I love the optimism. Um, D. Bafferty 100 says, I have season tickets for the Padres and Aztecs. I always enjoy seeing Joe Dreams as we are leaving. I enjoyed his last interview with you, too. Keep up the good work, Joe. Yeah. See, you got a lot of fans here. It says, uh, Dan, go Joe. Inspire more dreams and others. Uh, yeah, I love, I mean, they love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Um, yeah, it seems like for you, and I know you've kind of touched on this, just bringing joy to a lot of fans, you know, and uh, when they're leaving, 
the ballpark, you know, putting a smile on their face. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly that's what matters the most to me. Pedro here so, um, says everyone is the biggest Padres fan. We're going to need everyone's good vibes to carry this team. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the, the fan base, we saw at FanFest how many fans showed up. Uh, we love this team. The city loves the team. And I know there people are going to say there's a bunch of bandwagon fans, and there probably are some bandwagon fans. But there are also fans that just didn't want to come to the ballpark a bunch during the times that the team was not trying to win uh, – at, on the major league level, and they weren't investing the amount of money needed to go try to win at the, at the major league level. And so if you care about the city like Peter Seidler does and the way that the front office is continuing to add to this team and make this team into a consistent World Series contender, you care about this team, invest in this team, the fans will invest right back into it and give you that revenue and bring in more revenue. Like, it's funny sometimes these owners like the Rockies and, you know, uh, owners like that, that it's clear they're not trying to win. Like they're just trying to make a profit off of a major league baseball team. And they're wondering why it's unfair to them. Like the sport of baseball, it's unfair to them when it's not unfair to them. Just go spend the money, invest into the team and show the fan base that you care about winning and you will reap the benefits of that. You will get more money if you invest into the team and bring in that talent than if you just try to use your fans and just get a profit because you know some fans will come to the ballpark. You know? And do you believe part of investing in the team is also investing into the theme song? <laughs> because this really yeah. is a part of the championship run. You know, even in the song, right. the, job, the job ain't done, so we hold that trophy up. So how, how significant, you know, especially on a championship run when your team has never won a championship, it seems like every weapon, let's use every weapon we got, right? And so how significant could a theme song for a team be towards a championship run? Yeah, I think it's a big thing for the fans probably, you know, seeing that, that theme song and, and fans have obviously attached to that with you. Uh, I don't know how much it is with the players. I know players... They know you, uh, they've acknowledged you, they, they love the passion and all that. They, they're probably focused on just the day-to-day and winning baseball games. I don't know how much of an effect it has on like winning on the field, but it definitely has an effect on the fan experience, people getting excited uh, for the team, uh, other fan bases, if they have songs, getting them excited. It's, it's just big about bringing the fan base together, I would say, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's get back here. D. Bafferty says, I was in the same line as you, Ben. I don't blame the Padres for anything. Being there was what it was all about. There was no way everyone could get a picture. Yeah, um, they, they had to cut off lines at some point or else Manny and Soto and Tatis, they would be there still signing autographs, taking pictures because that's how many people wanted to have their moment with those players. So, they tried to spread those guys out around the ballpark, uh, set them up at different times, and they had other guys as well, you know, like Trent Grisham there and Hassan Kim and Joe Musgrove and some of the prospects. I know some fans don't know who those prospects are, but they tried to bring in as many players that they could, 
to consistently have, you know, fans having that interaction with someone on the Padres. And so they, they just tried to make it as, as, as good as it could be, as fair as it could be. And that's pretty much that. I mean, I know some season ticket holders, they complained that they didn't have really that advantage that they thought that they were going to have because we didn't know where players were going to be, what times they were going to be there. But, I mean, they tried to make it as fair as they could. Uh, if, if Like I was saying this the other day, if they said, okay, Manny Machado is going to be here at this specific time at this location, there would have been thousands of people trying to go to that location at that same time. And it would have been all clogged, and it would have just been madness. And they didn't want that. They wanted the event to be as spread out as it could be. And I think they did a pretty good job at that. I mean, look, there's things that they can clean up for future fan fest, but I'm just trying to look at it from the Padres' viewpoint. And that's a lot of people that are outmanning the number of employees, the number of players, like, it, it was just, and they yeah. they pride themselves on keeping the event free, and I think that's important too. That is nice how they did that, and they didn't have to make it free. And I I feel like the same amount of people would have showed up even if it wasn't free. So I think before people complain, I think they should think about okay, well, you know, it was a free event too, so right. maybe you know maybe I shouldn't be so entitled. You know, I know they're a little disappointed, and you know that's understandable. But I believe the Padres fans will be happy by the end of the season. Yeah, um, and if the Padres can win, right? If they if they win, I think people weren't won't be like, oh man, that fan fest experience though that that sucked. No, we forget about yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's great right now, like to talk about this, and fans will complain right now, and I totally understand that. But just being there, I think some fans had this thought. Just being there with that many fans, I had this thought too. It's like, you know what? I know there's a bunch of people here, but it's cool that there's a bunch of people here because we could be in worse situations with worse players, not have Tatis, Manny, Soto, and Bogarts on this team, not have a great owner in Peter Seidler, not have a great GM in, in AJ Preller, not have a president that really does care about the fan experience in Eric Brutner, uh, not have this great weather, right? There's some fan fests that are indoors, some fan fests that are charging fans money like the Dodgers. Like, I, I think... Just experience, just the experience overall. I think that's what made some people um, happy. I, I see a comment here. D Norwood Five says Padres need to confer with Comic Con folks. They have experience at large crowds. They do, but I think here's the. I, I've never been to Comic Con. I'm not huge. You think into they could have used the convention center? They they could have. Oh, yes. they could have. I, I think convention center a part of the Padres fan fest, and that, that would have solved the problem. Yes, I think that would have spread oh. out the event, and maybe they'll do that but, in the future. Um, yeah, but but they would have to also, with the, with, with the Comic-Con thing, I think there's a lottery for that, and that also would piss off some Padres fans. Well, I don't have a chance. Or if there, there's a lottery for five, ten years of a fan fest, some fans might not even get the lottery in those ten years, and they'll be like, I haven't been to a lottery, or I haven't been to fan fest because of the lottery in a decade. And this is a this is about the fans. We should all get a chance to go. So making it free, yeah. I think making it free, having multiple days of it will probably make some people more happy. Maybe moving it to the convention center is a solution. Uh, yes, I, 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 I was the, fine with it being at Petco, but make yeah. the crowds a little smaller. I think maybe that would. 
Um, if you want like yeah. to run the bases stuff, the on-field activities to be at Petco, and you want the autographs, the pictures to be at Comic-Con, I, I think that, or not, not at Comic-Con, at the convention center, I think that could be a potential That's solution great. as well. Yeah. And yeah, it could be, it could, it could just involve like the downtown area too. And then, and it could even involve some of the local businesses and be like, Hey, if you want to be a part of fan fest, we'll add your business onto this brochure and we'll tell fans to go there for a special drink with the coupon list or something like that or, or whatever. And you're making it larger and yeah, that could be it. I think that it depends on the outcome of the season of what they do with the next fan fest. Like, God forbid they don't make the playoffs next year. Keep it at Petco, you know, and don't worry about it. But if they win the World Series, okay, now we need the convention center. We need Petco. We need the local businesses in the area. And we need this, right? Right. You know, depending on the outcome of the season, I, I think that that should determine how they, they use what they use and whatnot. And another thing to this is if they move it to the convention center, well, then that means that the businesses at Petco, the Gaglione Bros, who's a sponsor of this episode, and this show, they probably won't be as happy because the customers aren't going to their stuff that is partnered with Petco Park, the Padres. Instead, they're going to other businesses that aren't inside Petco, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, okay. By the way, so... Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, so um, let's get... So I'll, I'm going to get continuing going with the, the chat. Uh, but first, here is a, a quick message from Gaglione Bros. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So let's get back to the chat here. Joseph says, I met Joe Dreams outside of a Whole Foods in San Diego. Still have the Slam Diego uh, flyer. See, that's cool. Um... D. Baffery says, I saw him recently out front of Tacos El Gordo downtown. Dan uh, says, rookie mistake thinking one could just walk up and get a signature in an hour. Yeah, um, I, I think some people, we all want everything, right? We, we want to meet all the players, uh, not have to wait in lines. But yeah, when you see that many people in line to get into the stadium, 
you got to know that those people are going to be in the stadium as well, uh, looking to do the same things that you're looking to as well. So lines were going to be a thing. By the way, if they split the fan fest up into multiple days, you're still going to be waiting in lines because there's still going to be thousands of people that want the same thing that you want. So, um, yeah, lines are just a thing. That's it's something that's just how sports are lines, a bunch of people, because we're all excited about this Padres season or other fan bases. They're excited about other uh, the other team season, you know, getting started like this was an event for players to be interacting with fans, fans to get that interaction with players, fans to get excited about this season starting, coming together for the first time in the calendar 2023 year. Um, And I think that accomplished that for the most part. Uh, Again, there's things that the Padres can improve on. Uh, The book, yeah, the book the Padres gave to season ticket members was amazing. I agree with that comment. I have one. Uh, It was, it's about, I don't know if you have one, but it's it's with all the Polaroid pictures that they took throughout the season in the dugout, uh, and they included maybe not all of them, but a lot of them in the book, kind of just going through that 2022 season and all the great moments. So yeah, that was a good benefit for Padres season ticket members, and they're going to be selling them for I think 200 bucks in the team store oh. for the regular just general public that did not get them. Um, if they have enough, I don't know if they have enough, if season ticket holders didn't pick them up and so they're going to miss out on it. Um, I don't know what the situation is with that. I know that I think it was one book for, per like season ticket account. So it's not one book per season ticket holder, holder. So like I have three like per seat. So I have three seats on my family's plan. We don't get three books. We got one. So maybe that's how there'll be, uh, you know, remaining okay, books perfect. available. Um, so just see, that's another way that they're trying to make things fair is not, you know, give a family five books if they have five seats, give everyone one, and that could allow for the general public to have books as well. So they're, they're just trying to make things as fair as they can, really. Yes. Um, Alex here says 48,000 plus people were estimated at FanFest. My party of four tickets weren't scanning and they let us through. I'm sure there were more unregistered people like us that went through. Maybe. Yeah, my ticket. But, there. Yeah, go they ahead. They let me in. Yeah, my ticket didn't scan either. And okay. uh, they let me away. Yeah, yeah so, but, but here's it. But you had the ticket. So yeah. I get Alex's point is 48,000 maybe who got scanned in and that's the number of the Padres were using. So, yeah, I, I could see why us thinking, you know, that there were more than. 48,000 people there. I, I think there were, but again, if you take all those people and put them in seats, it doesn't look as packed of a concourse, but when you put them all standing and walking through the concourse, it looks extremely, extremely packed, you know? So what will you remember the most about FanFest when it's all said and done? Like, What do you think you'll remember the most about it? Yeah, good question. The lines, just the amount of people, not lines like negatively, but just the amount of people that were there uh, showing up and supporting the organization, just wanting to be together with the rest of the city. Uh, That was big. Um, The Tatis reaction when he went back up on the stage at the Q&A, because I I was on the off season. 
Yeah. Well, not really like his answers, but it was more of just the fans embracing him and loving him because he was telling the media earlier in the day that he was nervous about how Padres fans were going to be reacting towards him because he knew that he let Padres fans down. Um, and so when he got up on that stage and there were the Tatis chants and you could just see that like totally calmed them down, overwhelmed them with emotion, let out a big exhale, just show, just, uh, just a big weight. It felt like was lifted off of his shoulders. Um, and just him talking about how much love he has for San Diego and just to see the smile back on his face, you know, in public with tons of people was really, really cool. Um, the MVP chance for Manny, uh, the Soto, the Bogarts chance. Uh, that, that was, it was really, really cool. The, the, the Peter chance. I mean, I, I was on a show the other day. Um, uh, baseball isn't boring and that's out by the way. So you guys can go check that out. The link is on my social media um, at Talking Friars on Twitter. Uh, that was great to be on that show. I was talking to that guy saying about just how the Padres fans are embracing Peter Seidler and they're really appreciating how much he is doing for the organization and how much joy he is bringing us because of how talented the roster is. Um, and what other fan base or, or what other team would have their fans chanting the owner's name, right? You see the Red Sox, their owner, they're booing him. You see, yeah, you see other fan bases booing their owner. They want them to sell the team. Like the Mets, yeah. like Mets fans love Steve Cohen with all the money that he has. Yeah. But we remember Rockies, the Chargers or how the Chargers Right. Are. Yeah, Chargers, obviously. Yeah. Um, Rockies, they 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 don't like their owner. The Pirates, they don't like their owner. There was someone last year, I think, that met the Pirates owner and I think had a shirt that said sell the team or something on it. And the owner like didn't realize it and took a picture with the, the fan and that went viral. Like there are owners that Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that happened. Like he, he just met the he just met the fan and turned for a picture and the fan like I think oh he had a jersey gosh. on and the jersey he took the jersey off and it had the shirt. And the owner was looking at the camera and didn't see it. So he took a picture with the fan wow. that had that. But that's just goes to uh, the, the fans that want a winner. They want the, the owner to care about the team as much as they do, as much as we yeah. do. And we can say that about Peter Seidler. Yeah. Peter is really the most important person on the team because he's the top of the pyramid. So everything starts with him. So, you know, in his mindset and, you know, how – he goes about things and how, how many other art owners of baseball teams do you feel like are looking at Peter and being like, you know what, maybe I'm going to do the same thing with my team too. Or do you feel like the owners are the other owners of baseball teams are stuck in their ways and they're just trying to make a profit no matter what? Yeah. I, I think that some owners, that's a good question. I, I think some owners will look at what Peter Seidler is doing and they will say, Hey, look, Bogarts, Tatis, Manny, Soto, is that going to cost a lot of money? Yeah. Is that going to cost some of our farm system? Yeah. But look at how many fans will show up to support my organization and bring in revenue for me if I build a winner, if I change the course of action. Look at Steve Cohen and how popular he is. Because owners care about how popular they are. I think some do. That They might say that they don't, and they're just doing what they think is right for the organization, but 
Some owners, they're just doing what is right for their pockets. They're not doing what is right for the fans, the organization, like in terms of the health of the organization winning, right? Yeah. They're doing it for themselves. They're they're not truly like a diehard fan of the team. They're just saying, they okay, what? A business. Yeah. What can I do? Yeah. Most what? owners are billionaires and they have they have hundreds or dozens of businesses and they this is one of their businesses. Right. And they're they're gonna they're saying I feel like some people's mentality, some owners' mentality is okay, what's the least amount of money I can spend to get a profit? The A's owner does that, the Reds owner I think does that, the Rockies owner obviously is okay with being five hundred. Um, like they have that mentality. But if they look at the Padres yeah. and you didn't look at Gallagher Swear the uh from this past weekend, you didn't look at those thousands of fans at Petco Park showing up. And if you're an owner and it was like, I don't want that, I'm not inspired by that. I'm not motivated to have that same thing at my ballpark. Then you should sell the team. You should not be in this business. You should not be an owner of a baseball team that controls sometimes the happiness of a lot of fans because we live and die with this. You should not be in that position if yeah. you don't want to do the same thing that Peter Seidler is doing, that you don't want to do the same thing that Steve Cohen is doing, you know? We're very lucky as Padres fans because there's only a handful of billionaires on the planet, right? And out of those billionaires, the ones that happen to be passionate about baseball, you know, out of all the few, very few billionaires and out of the billionaires who love baseball and are, you know, willing, not just love baseball, but are willing to, like, buy a team, it's like, I could imagine the numbers would be, like, very, very rare. And so... San Diego's very lucky that we happened to come across Peter and that he wanted to buy art. He probably could have bought another team, you know, right. and, and or whatever. It was right. the Padres. So very fortunate. Definitely. Um, let's get back to the chat here. So Pedro says, going, going back to the Fan Fest, I was even thinking spreading it towards Snapdragon Stadium, but they'd have to agree with Snapdragon to host it. Um, and Snapdragon, it's not... I don't think it's that big. It's it's a smaller stadium capacity than Petco, and Petco is a long way from Snapdragon. And so getting players from both events, if you're trying to have players be at Petco and Snapdragon in the same day to appease fans, you know, and make fans happy, uh, that might be a little more challenging. I don't, I don't think it would be Snapdragon. I think it would be the convention center, keeping it downtown in that same spot instead of um, Snapdragon. Alex says, I wouldn't say I came into FanFest with low expectations, but realistic expectations. Prepare yourself for long lines and knowing that it's a high probability that you may not get an autograph or a picture. Yeah, and the Padres, they did say going into FanFest, like on their website and stuff, like the planning, that pictures, autographs, they're not guaranteed, that they couldn't guarantee a picture or an autograph for every fan. And they couldn't because there were, 150,000 tickets claimed. I think there were probably more than 48,000 people in the ballpark. So it was just not going to be possible for everyone to go home extremely happy about the event. There's just too many people uh, for that to happen. And so I I went in with the same expectations. Um, or not, I didn't go in with low expectations like Alex says here, but I went, I agree went with Alex when he says, realistic expectations i went in there with realistic expectations 
I was a season ticket holder. I got there at 7.30, maybe a little before that, and I knew that I was going to get a picture with someone because I was there early. But if you got there at 1 o'clock noon and you thought you, that you were going to be able to get an autograph or a picture, it just probably didn't happen. It probably wasn't going to happen because there were hundreds of fans that were waiting in lines before you did. And that's just that that's just the way it went. Uh, this was something where you had to get there early uh, and camp out there if you wanted to be in the best position to walk home being really, really happy. Yes. So uh, if you're in the chat right now, I actually have a question for you. So how many of you plan on going to the Fan Fest next year that went to the last Fan Fest, even with everything that happened? So how many of you are still interested in going? Yeah, that's a good question. In the chat, are, are you still interested in going next year to Fan Fest? Uh, you could say also, like, what do you think the Padres should improve? Um, yeah, I think that's that's a good question. Um, Alex then, says, then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And then I had a question for you, too, while people are still, like, typing it out and thinking. So it's kind of like a two-part question. How many fans, if you know, how many fans attended games last season and how much how many more fans are you think are going to be at the 2023 season compared to last season yeah I, I think to to hit on the fan part of that i think there's going to be more fans going to games like you're going to see that an increase from last year there were a ton of fans but there were plenty of games that didn't get sold out this year those games that didn't get sold out, they're going to get sold out. I'm not saying every game is going to get sold out this year. Those Wednesday day games, there will probably be more people going to those, but those probably won't get all sold out because people work, people have school. That's just the way it is. Uh, but games against the Miami Marlins on a Tuesday night, those will be sold out this year. And I think the Padres, part of it, the Padres, they did a good job at with the promotions, the giveaways, having those on week night games, not weekends. They know people are going to come to the ballpark, even if it's a bad opponent on a weekend. Um, some of the Dodger games are on the weekend, so they know people are going to be there. It's oh, going to be sold out for those. But they did a good job at increasing maybe people that want to go on weekday games against teams like the Marlins by giving out good promotions then, which is the obvious smart move on their part. So I think you will definitely see an uptick in the fans coming. Maybe it will be the same fans that went last year, but instead of going to five games this year, they'll go to 10. Or instead of five games, they'll go to six or seven. And that adds up because it's not just one fan doing that. It's Hundreds thousands of, of fans doing that. Yeah. And there's we know that there are more season ticket holders than there were last year. So, yeah, I, I anticipate this being a record-breaking year for the Padres yeah. and attendance-wise. Uh, and it's not it's not just because they made it to the NLCS last year. It's also because of the continued investment into the team, the new it's names, awesome. having Tatis come back. Like, they had so many fans in the stadium last year, and that was just with the team that had who as their star players. Manny Machado, for, for the first half of the year, there were tons of fans. With Manny Machado as, like, the one-man show, right, as the big star. They're, they're, yeah. They didn't have Bogarts. They didn't have Tatis. They didn't have Soto. They didn't have Josh Bell or Brandon Jury yet. Yeah, they had Jake Cronenworth and Musgrove and Darvish, like, I'm not saying they didn't have a really yeah, good team, yeah. but 
they still had a lot of fans then. And in the second half, the attendance probably increased compared to the first half because Soto was there, because it was going towards, you know, the postseason and all that. There was more interest as the season went along. Josh Hader came, right? There was a lot of uh, additions, and that increased interest. And there's only more additions. No Tatis last year, big crowd. This year with Tatis and Soto and Manny and Hader and Musgrove and Snell and everyone and Bogarts, there's a lot of interest in Bogarts. Like, huge crowd, right? Big crowds last year, huge crowds this year. And uh, there is a difference to that. But how well do you believe the players will gel together like during spring training and everything like that? Because I remember, I know this isn't baseball, but I remember when the Lakers put together like Steve Nash and mm. Kobe and Dwight Howard and as someone else, like, you know, like kind of like a big four superstar right. team. And they even with all those plays, they didn't even make the playoffs that that season when they put that together. So what do you feel like is the key to getting that team chemistry to that, that, you know, the egos don't get like, Oh, I'm the superstar here. No, I'm the superstar or, Cause they, you know, they're living with one another pretty much, and they're with each other all the time from pretty much February till October or later, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I think the chemistry. I, I think it probably won't be as strong as the club would like at the beginning of the year because the World Baseball Classic is going to be going on, and so the star players won't be in spring training in Peoria for the Padres. But the rest of the team will have time to gel. They'll have time to gel uh, right now. There, there's players that are headed to Arizona already. I know Musgrove's there. Tatis is there. Um, I saw that. So players are headed there already. They're already getting their work in. Um, and baseball is a long season. Like, even if the chemistry isn't great at the beginning of the year, there's going to be plenty of road trips, um, plenty of bus rides to and from stadiums, plenty of time at hotels. Plenty of times just chilling in the clubhouse before games and after games to uh, get the chemistry better. Um, I, I wouldn't worry too much about that, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a good question. Maybe it's a concern for some fans at the beginning of the year, but I, I'm not. I, I look at this this team and the talent's going to take over. Like baseball, you do need to have good chemistry and for you know to have. Uh, good just collaboration with teammates, right? But I, I think that, you know, you, it's still Juan Soto up there at the plate against a guy that's not as good on the mound as Soto is at the plate. And you could yeah. say the same thing about Tatis and Manny and Cronoworth. Like, they're going to face good pitchers, but the lineup gonna, is, is just so scary. And <laughs> having guys like Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter, like veterans that know what they're doing, and are seem like good teammates, uh, and having Musgrove and Manny and Bogart, Soto, Tatis, Tat a bought in Tatis, uh, someone that probably has a different mindset than he did in previous years. I think yeah. that will help the team's chemistry. Um, yeah. Alex yeah. says here, you're not going to come in and take a pick with each player. Have fun and find each other or find other activities to do. For me, the players panel was the best part in being at Gallagher Square. Yeah, he's talking about fan fest. Go ahead. What were you saying about the chemistry part? I, I was going to say that what it, what kind of challenge do you think this presents for Bob Melvin managing the team? And I, I know it's kind of weird, like asking, like, what kind of advice would you give for, to Bob Melvin? What do you think he should 
<laughs> what, what do you think he should do, like, to manage, like, all these superstars? Or, like, what, what, yeah. Let me see. What's the question? Okay, so how, how much of a challenge is it for Bob Melvin to manage all these superstars? And, and how do you feel like he could how, feel like he should go about it? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I've never managed in the big leagues before, so I'm probably not the best person to ask about that. I, I'm sure Bob Melvin has talked with other managers that have managed, you know, super teams like this Padres team is. Uh, I know NBA, there's a lot of super teams there. With baseball, this is isn't this like the closest you can get in the modern day? Because uh, there's a lot of talent spread around baseball, but the Padres, I mean, they have it all uh, right now. Um, so... Yeah, for advice for Bomel, I think increasing, I don't know about increasing, but making sh- just making sure to have consistent time where the team is together. Not ha- There's going to be isolated drills, right, with outfielders and stuff during spring training, but to have some time, you know, in the clubhouse, allow players to express themselves, uh, and, and Bomel does. I mean, the chemistry was great last year, so... I guess my advice would be do the same thing that you did last year because it worked. Um, and there's just more talent on this year's team than there was on last year's team. So, yeah, just allowing, continuing to allow players to be themselves uh, and just, yeah, just not limiting what players can do um, with other teammates. I mean, you don't, I'm not saying like having, allowing Fernando to go on motorcycle rides, but I'm just saying oh, no. allowing. <laughs> Allowing them to go have fun um, outside of the ballpark to get that chemistry going. I know last year uh, when Manny was turning, I think, 30, they had a party at his house. Uh, just s- stuff like that, not um, you know, restricting that. Just doing the same thing that he did last year, really. That, that, that's what I would say to that. Okay. Um, moving to Pedro here. This was a comment that Tatis had at FanFest. Who loves when Tatis said, it doesn't matter because we're going to win it all? Hey. Yeah. He said that at FanFest. That was uh, a question, I believe, by Don about who, or maybe it wasn't Don. It was from a fan. And you know, who you will know the Padres Dodgers face? fans screen recorded that. What's that? You know, Dodgers fans screen recorded that, and they're going to save that video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? He... he he didn't guarantee a World Series win like Dave Roberts, the Dodger manager, did last year. So yeah. it's not as bad. Um, and Dave Roberts did it on a national televised interview. Tatis did it at FanFest. He's supposed to be confident and get the fans riled up. So whatever. Um, I, I love the confidence from Tatis. I mean, it's not like he's on the Pirates and saying this where they have no chance at doing that. They definitely do have a chance of winning it all. Um, and yeah, this, this was in response to a question from a fan about what American league team will the Padres be facing in the world series. Um, and I believe Bogart said the Red Sox and the Astros, just one of those teams. I don't think Manny responded. I don't think Soto responded. Tatis said it doesn't matter because we're going to win it all. Yeah. I, I love the, um, the confidence from Tatis. Yeah. Alejandro says here, I've gone to past FanFest and will continue to go. So this is in response to your question that you uh, posed to the audience. Slatty says, I would go. Many things can be fixed, but the excitement in the air for the season was amazing. Definitely. I agree with that opinion. Many things can be fixed. 
uh, can be more organized. But the the excitement was great to see, right? When, when there's that many people at FanFest, you know that there is a ton of excitement uh, for the season. Yeah, the energy feels right. Like, I really like the the energy and the high expectations. Like, that's that's something new that in, in, yeah. in San Diego is the – the high expectations for this season. And I believe that helps create a self-fulfilling prophecy when it's kind of like a, like a teacher who has low expectations for the students, even if they don't say anything, like I have low expectations for you, just the way they go about teaching them and the way they go about that, the students tend to do poor. Right. But if the teachers like, like if in, the, in their mind thinking like, these are the, some of the smartest kids in you know, the whole city, and they don't tell them that, but like just the way they go about teaching them, they, the students tend to exceed more. So right. I'm, I'm really excited for the, the Padres season. They have a lot of confidence, hopefully not overconfidence, right? Because, you know, there's still 30 other teams and everything like that. And, there's, and they, they, they're, they have not fan fest to believe as well. Um, so what do you think is going to be, even with the super team, even with this amazing owner, even with the most beautiful stadium and the major league baseball, and even with the coolest uh, fan base and all that, what do you feel like is going to be our biggest challenge going into the 2023 season? In, like weaknesses is probably like the back end of the starting rotation, outfield depth, catching depth. Like those are some things. Um, uh, the challenge is health. I mean, there's a bunch of talent on this team. But yeah, if they don't stay healthy, injury. if they don't stay healthy, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's one thing the, you just got with the rotation. So Snell, is he a guarantee to stay healthy? Like he stayed healthy for the majority of last year. Darvish did as well. Musgrove, again, another healthy season from him. That's great. But is that a guarantee to happen again? No. If one of those guys goes down, then that puts more pressure on the four and five guys in the rotation, which right now are Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez. And those guys are question marks in terms of, are they going to be able to last the whole season in the rotation? I, I think Nick Martinez will be able to Seth Lugo. I'm less confident in because he's a reliever. He hasn't done it in a long time. Um, but those, so those are, those are some question marks. Do you believe pitchers will be healthier and have longer careers with the changing of the pitch clock and whatnot, because I know that the pitch clock is like recovery time after you just, right? And, you know, you got to, you know, rest that arm a little bit before throwing the next one. But now it's like, okay, I got to get back to it. Do you believe that would be an unintended consequence of like shorter pitching careers? Or do you believe that that would be better for pitchers as far as their health in the long run? Yeah, it's a good question. I haven't really thought of that before. I think I don't. I don't think it's going to have a huge effect on the pitchers' like length of their careers. I was more thinking about it as like in game. Like, what is this going to have? What effect is this going to have on you, Darvish? And I know he's been practicing, you know, with the clock, and the pitchers have been practicing getting that down so that it won't be as big of a problem during the season. Uh, but that's the question. Like, what is Blake Snell going to do? Uh, when he can't pick off the first base uh, because he's already used his pickoffs. Like, what is that? Uh, what What's the oh. effect going to happen on that? I think because long-term in the careers... 
right more scoring and that's part of okay that's the point part of the goal for major league baseball is they want to increase the action yeah, because they got to compete with the NFL and NBA. Because if you watch a basketball game, it's action, 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 action. You know, you know, you know, this constant, right? And so, I I understand how they want to boost the engagement of the game and to spread it to more people and and keep that watch time higher. Right. And you know, at the same time, they want to they want to maintain the health of their their players. So it's it's like a what is that the balance beam of okay like. The engagement and the money, and then the health of the organization, the players. Right. So, do you feel like navigating that that pretty well right now? I, I think so. I think some players are irritated by the rule changes, and um, because you know, speeding up pitchers, and that that's just the way they've always done things. Uh, but I think players sometimes they have to look at it from the league's viewpoint. Like this is entertainment, and yes, they. They are prioritizing. They're trying to prioritize the players' health and the the entertainment. Yeah, of course. You you have to look. The players they're not going to be making as much money in their salaries if there isn't a bunch of fans going to games and being interested. So they have it. It's a take and give. You know, it is a balance. Um, So it's in there. And I think I I think the players. It's not going to take that long to get acclimated with rule changes and you know with the pitch clock like by the end of the season it won't be a big deal i don't think we're going to be focusing on it night in night out and saying oh uh well that's a ball because you darvish didn't deliver the pitch in time wasn't on the mound wasn't ready to go in time like they're going to be used to that um so maybe it's an issue in spring training or the beginning of the season but I don't see it being a long-term issue in anyone's career or anything oh, like that. Would that be a new way of doing an intentional walk by just holding on to the ball? If you're a pitcher, if you're doing an intentional walk, instead of throwing four balls, might as well just hold on to it. Well, they don't. They, they already don't have to throw the four pitches. They can just signal four. Like the manager, they can just oh. signal four and send them to first. Oh. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Cool. That That's another thing oh. that's prioritizing the player health. Why throw those pitches? Uh, and you know, tax the arm more when you can just send it. You're going to send them to first anyway, so why waste those pitches? And it yeah. speeds it up. Like it, the, send it, you know, throwing those four pitches. How long does that take? A couple minutes, and yeah, you throw. You put the guy on first automatically. He's there in thirty seconds. Get the next guy up. Let's go. You know, just move it. That that's that's part of it. This is the. Do you believe this is the end of the changes that the MLB wants to make? Or do you believe that MLB really wants to make this many changes? But they do that's like too much for the fans or like too much for the players. And do you believe that this is just like the first phase into like what they really like what they're really trying to get the game to? And they're just doing it like slowly, season by season, getting used to this and we'll move here, over here, and over here. And and we and so we believe that that endpoint of where they where the people who run the MLB really want to get the game to. Yeah, what I'd say to that is I think these rule changes, like on the field, the shift, the pitch clock, stuff like that. I think that's where they want that there for a while, and they 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 want those rule changes there long term. I think they are still looking to make some changes, like with the electronic strike zone. That's a big one. Uh, they already implemented the. Universal oh. DH. Um, 
I think the umpiring is something that they're looking into, but that's the only other major, like, big rule change that I can think of. Like, they're just trying to speed up the game, make it more entertaining, less downtime in between pitches, get calls correct. Um, so I think that will come eventually. That's the only other big thing I could see in the future. Aha. All right, let's okay, get to... Cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, and, uh, I, let's get... I want to get back to the chat here. Um, just because I haven't yeah, let's gotten do a back more to it here. Then my phone yeah. About to, my, yeah, my phone is about to die soon. So, yeah, let's do a couple more questions and then let's land the plane. Yeah, definitely. Um, Pedro says, still going. Maybe make it free, but register first come, first serve basis for autographs or picture. Limit one per household. Yeah. I think that 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 would work too. Um, I think, look, just trying to make as many people happy as you can. If that can help that, and that leads you towards making more fans happy, then you probably do it. Uh, Alejandro, would autographs picks be great to have? I would. Uh, I just go for the experience and for the kiddos I, to get immersed into the stadium environment. Got there at eleven. Didn't expect a lot, but did the on-field activities. My highlight vendors handing out free churros at the end. Yeah, again, making people. Uh, happy. Um, yeah. Dan says San Diego, Houston World Series, please. Yeah. I mean, Houston is a juggernaut. They are the best team in baseball, I would say. Padres have a lot of talent, but Houston just won the World Series. You can make the argument that they got better this season. Um, so, yeah, it, I would, hey, if the Padres are in the World Series, I'll take anyone. Like yeah. Tatis said, I'll take anyone. You have to be playing well to be in the World Series. So, I would assume that everyone's healthy at that point and we're firing, we're firing on all cylinders. So yeah, I'd be ready to take on anyone. Um, all right. So Joe dreams, thank you so much for the time. Any last comments? I know you're, you wanted to get out of here. Your phone's about to die. So we'll, we're going to end this episode here in a few minutes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, once again, I just want to, 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 for those of you who are just joining in, we were talking about the Fan Fest earlier, and we you know, there was a lot of complaints that people had about like the line, the line being long, and you know not being able to get the autograph that you wanted, or you know the food, or too many people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But ultimately, what what I got out of it was that it's not about what happens; it's about how we respond to what happens, and there's always a way. For us to turn trash into treasure. Yeah, I agree. Good, good way to put that. Um, just to close here, thank you everyone for the time, for listening on the podcast platforms or watching on YouTube, uh, on Joe social Dreams. media at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Joe Dreams on social media as well. Uh, he, he's on the intro song, so I definitely appreciate him letting me use that. Uh, and the last episode, three thirty-one. That's where you can find my thoughts on Manny and Soto, Bogarts, their comments to the media from FanFest. Uh, more reaction is there. Um, and this was a great episode. So thank you, everyone, for the time. And talk to you later in the week. See ya.